Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey y'all, welcome back to Eco Chic. My name is Laura Diaz. You're listening to episode 97. Eco Chic is the podcast all about practical science and sustainability. I am super happy to have you here. If you're new, thanks so much for joining us. It's a good episode to be tuning into because we have an extra special guest today. We're speaking today with Daniela Monet. Danielle Monet is an actress, a singer, an animal rights advocate, and a big time supporter of plant based businesses. Perhaps you know her from her role as Trina Vega on the Nickelodeon show Victorious. It ran from 2010 to 2013. She also played 2D in the Fairly Odd Parents from 2011 to 2014. And Daniela has a long list of other acting roles, primarily in children's television. She now hosts a podcast with her fiancé. It's called Adulting Like a Mother Father, which she mentions at the end of our conversation today. Daniela is a lifelong animal lover, and she went vegan at just 13. This was after going vegetarian at just age five. We open up our conversation just talking about how aware she was as a child. And she has had her first child, her son Gio, which was born last September. And you can hear him a little bit in the background. It's actually super cute. Let me tell you, though, about her advocacy work. Daniela has worked on a ton of campaigns with PETA and does her part for investing in plant-based, sustainable, vegan businesses. Danielle worked on a PETA campaign in 2013, encouraging students to no longer dissect animals in the classroom. And if you remember Blackfish, a documentary on the literal horrors of SeaWorld, Daniela did an ad where she posed as a mermaid, deterring people from the consumption of fish and seafood products. Now, I really got to know Daniela's dedication to a plant-based world when I started purchasing the Kinder Beauty Box. I saw ads for the Kinder Beauty Box before they had first launched, and I was actually on a wait list for their first batch of boxes. I didn't even know Daniela Bonet was affiliated with them when I started purchasing the boxes, but she's actually one of the co-founders. It's an all-vegan beauty and skincare monthly subscription box where you get like five or six products each month to try out. I have talked about the Kinder Beauty Box before because I do have an affiliate code with them. It's eco-chic, all one word, and if you use it, you'll get a bonus gift in your first box. My first box actually had this caffeinated eye cream from the brand 100% Pure, and I literally do not stop talking about it anytime that someone's around and I'm putting on my eye cream. Anyway, if you want to try out the Kinder Beauty box, definitely use my code ECOCHIC. The bonus is totally worth it. So I've told you about Daniela's involvement with Kinder Beauty, but she also has her hand in quite a few different businesses. Sugar Taco, a vegan restaurant in LA, Outstanding Foods, a brand of super delicious sounding vegan snacks, Mo for Paws, a nonprofit animal rescue and adoption organization, and most recently, Bridget, a mentoring platform for women, which is one that we talk more in depth about at the end of the episode. 
Daniela and I are doing a deep dive on this conversation about how she chooses what she supports. We throw around the word invest quite a bit, and while that does mean financial, we also want to talk about investing time and energy into certain causes. I hope that we're all super clear on that, that there are plenty of ways to dedicate yourself to a cause beyond financial, but that definitely helps. It's all about voting with your dollar. We say it all the time here, conscious consumerism, supporting businesses that matter. And I think that Daniela has a really, really interesting take on it because she has her hand in so many businesses and her values are so clearly at the forefront of how she makes those kind of purchasing decisions. It was super interesting for me to hear Daniela talk through how she first got into investments. And if you're personally interested in getting a better grasp and making sure that your 401k investments are being put towards sustainable, ethical causes, you can go back and listen to our episode with Charity Driggs. It was episode 92. It's called Sustainable Investing. And it was massively educational for me in getting a better grasp of where my money is really going. It was really such a treat for me to have this conversation with Daniela. I'm so glad that I could bring this to y'all because I, like probably most of you, grew up watching her on TV. And as all of us have gotten older, I've learned more and more about Daniela and just what she has done to really motivate a plant-based future and a vegan economy. And I really have so much respect for her. She was such a warm person to talk to. It was a conversation where I felt really comfortable. I felt like we were very open and honest with each other in the way that we were speaking about investments and the way that we were speaking about views on the world and living in bubbles and things like that. So I am sure that you will get a lot of value out of this episode. Again, Daniela has such a nice overview of how she wants to use her voice for the voiceless. I think that at its core, a very simple philosophy for how she lives her life and how she wants to invest her time and energy and, again, finances. I really admire that clear dedication that she has to her particular causes and her overall goal of just living a healthier, more ethical life. And I also think it's really important to mention that she acknowledges most people want to live the best they can. No one's out to be a villain. And I just really think this is going to be an awesome episode for y'all to listen to. So I want us to get into it. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And also make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. There's an episode every single week. If you want to check us out on social media, keep in touch at EcoChicPodcast on Instagram, and we're also on Facebook. You can sign up for our weekly newsletter, totallyecochic.com. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation so, so much with Daniela Monet. Daniela, I'm so excited to be speaking with you today. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh my gosh, thanks for having me, Laura. This will be fun. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm really excited also to just start talking a little bit about you and your vegan lifestyle. So I read that you went vegan when you were just 13. So I'm so interested to know like what that decision looked for you and just like how your childhood was really impacted by these choices that you were making and what that looked like growing up. Sure. I think I was a pretty confident kid and um, when I was about five years old, I saw a dude, I went to a dude ranch and I saw my first rodeo and that really impacted me as a young kid. And as I grew and I learned a little bit more animal rights movement and the things that were happening in the factory farming, I just realized very quickly that I wanted to make changes to not support the, that industry. And so one thing sort of led to another. It helped me to sort of look at what I was eating first before diving into like the rest of my lifestyle 
um, because there are so many different ways that you can make conscious cruelty-free choices. But for me, it started with diet first. And so at 13 years old, I was pretty much 100% plant-based. I think gradually, actually from about 11 years old, I started taking away whatever animal products I was aware of. And I think, you know, I didn't know what had dairy or what had honey or whatever um, at the time. So it took me a little bit of time to wrap my head around like exactly where my food came from. And then, you know, shortly after that, it became sort of a spiral into this world that I just have been so lucky and so passionate about to, to be a part of and also just to represent in any way that I can. Yeah, I think that that must have been a really impactful experience for a child, a dude ranch. And I'm so glad that you highlighted that. And and I do want to kind of lead into where you are now when it comes to a cruelty-free, plant-based lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am really interested to know a little bit about your investments and the businesses that you are supporting and really bringing to light and bringing to market. Because I feel like you have your hand in a lot of different kinds of businesses when it comes to cruelty-free animal rights, things along those lines. We have a little bit of food with your restaurant endeavors, and then we also have beauty and product-based businesses, and also animal welfare. And so I'm just curious to know a little bit about like what that general portfolio looks like for you. How do you choose where you invest? Why do you invest in the businesses that you do? Just give me like a, sure. just a general runaround. I mean, I, I really just lead with my heart. And I think for me, you know, before anything monetarily like comes into play it's to me uh, so much bigger than that it's how can i put my money where it can have more than just an effect um financially but have an impact um environmentally sorry i'm sorry if you could hear my baby in the background (laughs) so what i realized at a young age i was about 16 years old when i made my very first investment in the stock market I would invest in things that I wanted to support that maybe I couldn't uh, support otherwise. So for instance, here's a silly example, but I remember being, you know, a, a kid who was vegan and, you know, didn't totally have the means to like prepare by the foods that I wanted to, you know, I was still like living at home and, you know, on a budget. Uh, so shopping at places like Whole Foods was a little out of reach for me. So when I decided to invest in my first stock, I bought Whole Foods stock because I knew that that would live way beyond like, you know, just going to the market and, and making a purchase. I just thought if I can put money into places that i I support um, as a whole, as a business, as a company, and um, I want them to thrive and I want them, you know, it goes so much deeper than just a quick grocery trip. It's like if you were to, to help a company grow um, and scale in any way, even if it is just a small investment, you're helping hopefully drive their costs down and, and make their products more accessible to the public or the general mass. And I was that person. I was that person who felt like it was a little out of my price range and I just wanted to support them so that they can do better business for the majority. So that was one of my first um, investments. And then when I was a driver um, and I wanted to look into cars, I really, really wanted to get a Tesla. Um, I was like 21, 22 when I heard about them for the first time. And I went and test drove them. I thought they were super cool and just, they were the future and I wanted to be a part of that. But again, so expensive. And I just thought, oh my goodness, I can't wrap my head around this price. Um, But let me see if their stock is public. When they went public, I bought um, as much as I could afford at the time 
in Tesla stock. And so that's served me really well as well. So my biggest theory with investing is what do you support? Like where is your heart and what do you want to see thrive? And so I truly, truly believe that the plant-based community and the products and the businesses that are coming out of, um, of the plant-based world are, are the future. And we need it for so many reasons, you know, environmentally, of course, for our own health and well-being, obviously for the lives of animals. And then just the future of, you know, my family, I'm now a mom. So I, I care a lot about, you know, the decisions I make and the, the kind of consumer I am. So being a part in any way, big or small, and that's why I always say, you don't have to have a lot of money to invest. You just need to start somewhere and grow from there because God willing, you're, spe- you're putting money in something that's going to hopefully pay you back in some regard. And once you pay yourself back for the initial investment that you make, then hopefully you're just playing with profit. And at that point, it's, you know, it's all fun and games and, and you can go from there. So I try to roll over whatever money I've made, um, whether it be in the stock market or whatever other field I'm a part of into more of this space because I just believe in it. And I'm, I'm excited to see the growth in the plant-based community. I just think that there's so much opportunity and, and so much need, but unfortunately, like some of these smaller companies that are trying to do so much good, um, they just don't have a ton of power right now because there are so many of the bigger companies uh, that have, you know, I guess more traditional approaches just taking over and trying to, you're basically fighting them in a lot of ways because the dairy industry wants no part in the plant-based milk movement. And the meat industry really wants no part in the plant-based meat industry. And so there's these big companies that just have so much power. And so it's worth it to be a part of the fight because I know that there's just such a bigger movement and a bigger purpose behind it all. But you just have to know that, you know, with any investment, there is always a risk and you always have to be in a position to, you know, unfortunately lose it if, if that were the case. But I try to just stay optimistic. And like I said, I just really believe in it. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think that while I do love what you're saying about the investment that you're making and really making sure that you are leading with your values and believing in these small companies that are bringing plant-based options to the market for whatever industry it may be, I'm also really appreciative of advocacy work. I know that you have done quite a bit of advocacy work. So this is something that doesn't necessarily require any money or require any investments. Like you said, there are a lot of ways that you can make an impact without money. Um, But I also want to acknowledge that you're not necessarily the average investor or the average consumer. I'm really interested to know a little bit about advocacy and how you feel like your platform has allowed you to have this impact on the plant-based movement. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I would like to think that I've had an impact. I mean, I know that obviously I do have a reach um, beyond, you know, the average person, but there is a whole lot of individuals out there and there's so much awareness that's kind of needs to, to grow and, and people need to learn and, and be open to learning. But I, I am grateful that I have had a platform that I can use to shed light on certain things that are really close my heart that I think deserve some recognition that deserve just, I guess, the legs to, to hopefully progress this 
whole movement. So yeah, I think that's all sort of happened organically because like I said, it's just something that I believe wholeheartedly in. And when you believe wholeheartedly in anything, you find opportunities to speak on it. And so just like anything else I'm a part of, I I always just feel like if there's something that triggers me or something that I feel needs um, to be heard, I have no problem sharing that in the best way that I know how, which is usually I'd hope that I take somewhat dumbed down or relatable way um, or approach because I just think that that's the best way to reach the most amount of people. The hardcore facts, the ones that I come across on my feet every day trigger me all the time, but I don't think that same approach works for everyone. So I think just making subtle changes and using your voice to encourage people to make subtle changes is a really healthy way of going about it. I think that's a really good outlook on the entire situation because it is really intimidating sometimes to look at facts that are kind of, uh, what's the word I want to use? Like they kind of, they make you sit a little bit. They make you think about, wow, this is what I'm impacting and whether or not I'm participating in this activity, like this is going on in the world. It's kind of crazy to think about. And I also think for that reason, you have a really interesting connection between bridging these two conversations that we've kind of had about investments, but also advocacy with the brands that you are bringing to market. Like I think Sugar Taco is such a, it has such a beautiful Instagram feed. I've never eaten there because I'm living in Atlanta right now, but I, I think it has such a beautiful feed. But I, like I mentioned earlier, I am a really big fan also of the Kinder Beauty Box, which has a really great community atmosphere to it. It's a beauty box. So it's something that you physically get, but it also definitely feels like a community feel. So I'm interested to also now move both these conversations together in a way and like hear a little bit about what that experience has kind of looked like for you growing a brand from the start and really emphasizing this plant-based community aspect to it. Yeah, I, I, I think I've learned a lot. I think there's still a lot for me to learn. I've never, you know, obviously I, I became an activist as a kid. Um, I don't even think I knew it was becoming an activist. I just knew that I needed to stand up for what I believed in and organically that transpired into, you know, I guess being an activist. And so growing a company as an activist is like a totally different ball game because like I said, you really just, you're, you're always pulling from your gut. And so, um, of course, there's the the business side of it, and there's steps that are in place or that you learn to put in place so that you can scale. But I think ultimately what that comes back to is why are we scaling? Like, why does it make sense to grow? Um, and why is our community so important to us? And why do we care so much? Well, it's so much bigger than anything else. It's about the mission. It's about spreading the awareness. It's about getting the the proper options to people so that we have the choice to make just easier choices as a consumer. So we're not spending the money in places that uh, don't move the needle because it's just the convenient choice. I just believe that if things are more accessible, if the right choices are more accessible, that us as consumers will want to place our money in those places first because you know, most of us lead with our heart. And I think if, if people were given a choice that made more sense for X, Y, and Z versus, you know, the similar price point, but just maybe not so good for the environment, not good for your health, not good for animals or whatever else, like the majority of people are going to choose the one that's, you know, better all around. Like that's just sort of how we operate. Like we all want to make better choices. It's just about how do we get those choices in front of people and, and make it hopefully cost effective as well. I think that 
that idea of getting things in front of people that need the options and need them accessible, need those great beauty options or food options or wherever it may be really accessible. I'm interested to know as someone who has this really great overarching view on brands and what's coming to market and being such an activist, is there anything that you feel like is not getting the attention that it deserves right now in the plant-based community? Is there something that we're forgetting? (laughs) I think we're sort of touching most categories. I think just in general, I think about my lifestyle today versus even 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Like, I mean, I personally feel like, well, anyone can make better choices, you know, just because I came from a place of there being so few options and me having to constantly seek out a better alternative. But those days have changed. Granted, I live in LA, so I do live in a bit of a bubble, right? So yeah, I think as a whole, we have made so much progress. And I think there's almost an alternative for nearly everything that exists now. There's there's probably a cruelty-free or plant-based or vegan version of, of just about everything. But the question is, is are they everywhere? And that's the tricky part. And that's why companies like Outstanding Foods and companies like Kinder Beauty, we're doing our part. We're doing our very best to make sure that we can reach people in places that don't have these options accessible. And Sugar Taco, again, like it might just be one facet, but we have plans in place to hopefully um, be able to not only grow the restaurant chain, but also create, you know, options that can be in retail stores or, um, and things like that. I think that we're all trying to think outside of the box and we're all trying to think bigger and better because there's a need and there are so many places that are still lacking options. So that's where I think we might just miss the mark a little bit, but I know that it's at a, it's, everything's growing rapidly. It's just how do we keep up and how do we survive in a climate where there's still other factory farming and there's still the dairy industry and there's still industries that are, are doing what they can to make sure that that doesn't happen. So it's kind of a, a yeah, it's a tricky little place to be. I think that's actually really funny because it's interesting to think that all of these options are available. And I appreciate what you said about living in LA is kind of like living in a bubble. And I feel like I, while I do not live in LA, I feel that way in a lot of instances in my life, especially when it comes to things like information about a plant-based lifestyle. You assume that everyone knows the horrors of the dairy industry or whatever it may be. And there are a lot of people who don't have this information immediately available to them or even like in their forefront at all if they've heard it before casually. So it's interesting to think that we also have to think about educating people in the right places. And I'm also just thinking about how you have to be able to tailor that advocacy and tailor that product line or the restaurant or whatever it may be. You have to be able to tailor it for those situations. Like you mentioned earlier, putting things in layman's terms, like making things as relatable as possible to get people investing in these things, either with their time or their money or even their attention. It's, I feel like you have a lot of things that you have to juggle if you're making any of these things work really well. The thing is, is that, you know, you have to realize that so many of these people make choices based on like a sentimental feeling or a tradition or simply just status quo. It's just the way things have been done for so long. So it's about sort of gently approaching it in a way that doesn't push people off the edge or take them to a place where you you really aren't going to get through to them. Because 
realistically, like there's no teams, you know, none of us are really like on different teams. We all really care about the well-being of, of each other, of nature, of our community, our planet, you know, I mean, all of these things are, are pretty commonly respected amongst everyone. I think it's just, there's this piece and I think a lot of it comes down to marketing and just the way that things have been done for so long where a lot of people just don't seem to, to correlate the two where they're, they've been told for so many years that this is totally fine and this is a, a fine practice. This is, you know, the dairy industry is just uh, basically a beautiful pasture of animals that are, are, this is what they're made to do. In reality, it's, it's so far from the truth. I mean, it's the most horrendous industry there is right now that I can think of in terms of like harm towards a living being. Um, so, it, you know, again, it's about like approaching it the best that you can um, without pushing people away because we're all hopefully just in it together at the end of the day, right? Yes, absolutely. And I think that's such a beautiful way to look at it. Like you're all in this together. And I really appreciate you taking the time to just kind of talk through that mentality and that philosophy that you have to go into any of these ventures with. And Mm -hmm. my last point that I'm really interested in speaking with you about, actually completely separate, I think, from any of these conversations, is actually about Bridget. I'm interested to know about, I'm so interested to know about Bridget because this is a podcast that is all about women and education and making sure that we are as um, empowered and feeling as ready to take on the world as we can. So I want to hear about Bridget and why is this something that you are investing in and why is this something that you care about and and what is Bridget for everyone who hasn't heard of it yet? Oh, that's such a great question. So um, Bridget was brought to me um, by an incredible friend of mine. See, the thing about the things that I get involved in, right? I mean, it really just comes back to how can I lend a voice to something that I care a lot about and how do I reach more people in that space? And um, a friend of mine named Asha, she is a yogi. She has a a really deep story that I think is really inspiring. She actually just beat um, a form of cancer, but she's also been in the modeling industry, which I think helped molded her views on her future. She's brilliant in so many ways. But anyway, she created um, Bridget and asked if I'd sit on the board and Anything that involves, you know, helping people who maybe don't have a voice. And I think that comes back to just who I am at my core. You know, I want to speak up for people that are a little bit or like don't have a voice. And that comes back to animals. I can come back to people that feel like they don't have the right tools in a lot of areas. Unfortunately, like there are situations where, you know, teen girls and and working women maybe don't have those same resources that someone else may have. And how do we reach them and how do we provide solutions so that they can have the right tools so that they can succeed in either their career and their life. um, And just being someone who can be, you know, a confident figure because sometimes that's all it really takes is someone to be heard so that they could feel like, you know, they're important and they're entitled to, you know, options. And, and so Bridget is really just a community that helps teen girls, working women, um, find themselves, find their passions, have access to tools. Um, we've had sponsors like Microsoft. We've had um, really empowering events that 
just teach like core values, you know, being able to lean on one another, being able to ask the kind of questions that help you get somewhere um, in terms of your career. We have all kinds of speakers from all different walks of life come in and, and lend advice in any way that they can. But in reality, it's really, it comes back to the basics, like building a community. And you know, it's funny, I, I've been working in children's TV for a long time and I've always sort of said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like a big sister figure. And so for me, Bridget has kind of like filled that niche where I can feel like I'm, you know, just like a big sister looking out for, for my girls. And if it just means that I'm there to like hear them out or hug them and tell them they're, they're killing it, they're doing it, they're, they're, you know, they're thriving, then that's, you know, what it comes down to. And it's, it's really as simple as that. Oh my gosh, that is such a great way to look at it because you are like everyone's big sister. That's such a, <laughs> that's that's exactly what it is. And I definitely appreciate that link you made earlier about how this is really an opportunity to speak up for people who don't have a voice. And it goes back to even what we were saying earlier about living in a bubble. And I feel the same way. I'm like, oh, all these women have opportunities and equality is here. And And I know that's not true. You know, I know that it's just around me, I'm very thankful to see that, but there are plenty of spaces where women are not getting that platform and not getting that same opportunity that they should be getting. So Mm -hmm. I think that all around talking about plant-based diets or talking about cruelty-free or talking about wherever your values may lie on the spectrum, it's really, really great to think that it doesn't necessarily only have to mean food. It doesn't necessarily Mm -hmm. only have to mean clean beauty. And I feel like you just made so many good connections for me right now. I'm so excited. Oh gosh, that's so nice. Thank you. You're, you're dealing with someone who has like severe mom brain, but really at the core, it really is about making good decisions and, and, and just using your voice for good. You know, none of us are perfect. I'm certainly not perfect, but I think the older that I've gotten, maybe it's just about being in my thirties now and being a mom, you just start to to care more about every little thing. It's a trip, but it's so true. You know, I care more about what I'm doing, what I'm lending my voice to, what I'm, even when it comes to to acting, which is kind of like how I even got into this position to begin with is like, am I attaching myself to something that's going to hopefully reach the right people or shed, you know, the right light on me? Um, It's just adulting can be a lot of just making decisions that you hope are right and then learning from the ones that aren't. And I think as long as we have good intentions, you know, we're going to make better choices if they're, if they're accessible. Again, like I just want to be hopefully a mentor the best that I can within my, my bandwidth. So for me, it's just, for whoever's listening, if they have any interest, um, I, I have a podcast with my fiance and we talk about all things adult related. So we've definitely touched on some of the topics that I think your listeners would appreciate. We're always just learning and growing as we go. I hope you loved that conversation with Daniela. I will have lots of links in the show notes if you want to check out her podcast, Adulting Like a Mother Father. I will, of course, have her Instagram link down below. And I definitely encourage you to get familiar with all of the brands we mentioned today. I mentioned earlier I have a code for the Kinder Beauty Box Eco Chic, and it'll get you a bonus gift in your first box. And I will also link down below her other organizations, mo 4 Paw. Bridget, and then also Sugar Taco and Outstanding Foods. Down there is also our social media links, totallyegochic.com, where you can get our newsletter. And with that, hope you have a really awesome day. Thanks for tuning in, and I will see you next week. 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.